0: Everyone, you're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. With the first pick in the 2003 NBA draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. Michael Jordan is probably the greatest scorer to ever play in the game, but. I may go as far as to say LeBron James may be the greatest player to ever play the game. Living on his suit stamps, and here they are, $100 million in contracts. we for three for the win, yes! LeBron James! LeBron, maybe the most talented basketball player ever. Where is LeBron James going? LeBron, what's your decision? In this fall, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach and um, join the Miami Heat. King James chose the one player to people love to hate. It's like he wants to be crowned with a weight. Champions of up to James! The Miami Heat are once again NBA champions. LeBron James captures that elusive title he so desperately coveted for the MVP of the 2012 NBA Finals. Does it bother you that so many people are happy to see you fail? absolutely not you know at the end of the day they got to wake up tomorrow have the same life that they had you know and i'm going to continue to live the way i want to live and continue to do the things that i want to do i want to teach you guys how to boo for a second i know those of us here in dallas in miami we know how to boo it's sort of instinctive but When I count to three on my hand, you just begin booing. And then when I do like this, just shut it down because we're going to boo during today's talk. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. You might think I'm sort of off. You're saying, Ed, why would you begin today's message teaching us how to boo or reinforcing booing when we're talking about... One of the greatest athletes who's ever lived, LeBron James. Well, you'll see in a second. LeBron James is definitely a charismatic individual. So, so talented. He makes tens of millions of dollars. He endorses everything from McDonald's hamburgers to Nike shoes, from Nike shoes to State Farm insurance. The guy is stunning. What an amazing personality. He's had this over-the-top hero worship since he's been an adolescent. I've I've never studied anybody who's been so gifted at such a young age to receive so much. He flies through the air, does these incredible moves, slam dunks. He's fast. He's quick. He's massive. He could probably be an all-pro tight end on any NFL team if he wanted to. The guy is successful. Think about it. When I say LeBron, just his first name. What do you think about? Success. He is successful. He's got fame and fortune. He's a young guy. LeBron. LeBron. When I say LeBron, you think success. Some people say, well, I want to be the LeBron of teachers. That means you want to be the best. I want to be the LeBron of pastors, the LeBron of moms, the LeBron at the boardroom. I want to be LeBron. You just say LeBron. Success, success, success. That's what it is. What is, though, true success? We might say, yeah, it's fame and fortune, but what is success? We're going to talk about what that actually means. LeBron James on one hand is the most famous athlete in the world, one could say. On the other hand, he's infamous. Once he choreographed the decision to leave Cleveland and to put on a Miami Heat uniform, wow, he began to have some people that didn't really dig him. So he's hallowed, yet he's hated. On the back of his his body, a giant tattoo reads, Chosen One. He's referred to as King James. He calls himself the King of Akron. That's Akron, Ohio. As I studied about LeBron, as I read about him, as I, as I looked at some of his quotes and, and some of the things about him, I really liked the guy. I, I see how much talent and ability that he has. But on the other hand, the more I read, the more I I, I saw what he said, what he posts on Twitter or Instagram, the more concerned I became. In life, when you're successful, when I'm successful, not on LeBron's level, but when we have any measure of success, that's kind of a price tag, that's kind of something that we have to process. LeBron plays against five of the greatest athletes in the world, 82 games a year. And these athletes, these NBA guys, I think the NBA has the best athletes in the world of all the major sports. These guys are trying to defeat LeBron, to dominate LeBron, every time he steps on the hardwood. Think about it. They're after me. And LeBron faces that, and he goes to war night after night after night, and he does an incredible job. Well, I would argue that LeBron is facing even more formidable opponents than those people that he faces in arenas all around the country. And I think if you're successful, again, whether you're the most successful teacher, the most successful coach, whether you sell the most cars on your lot, whatever you do, if you're the most successful cheerleader, whatever you do, if you're successful in any phase, at any stage or age of life, you also are going to face some some forces. But let me say this. If Jesus, if our Lord went one-on-one with LeBron, I think he, he might say what we're going to talk about. We've been learning that when Jesus talked to someone, he would use things that everyone could connect with, especially the person or persons he was talking to. We saw him talk to a woman at a well. His word picture, water. Hey, yeah, you're drinking physical water, but let me show you about spiritual water, a word picture. Jesus sat down and went one-on-one with LeBron. He'd probably say, LeBron, you're one of the most gifted athletes ever. But LeBron, those people you face night after night, they're tough, but I wanna share with you some other people, some, some fatal, fatal people, some fatal personalities who were trying to take you out. Okay, having said that, let me press the pause button. We're gonna get ready to boo. Are you ready to boo? Are you ready to get your boo on? Okay. When I introduce these fatal, fabulous five people, the starting five, who are coming against LeBron, and also who are coming against you and me, I want us to boo. I mean, I want the boo birds to come out at all of our campuses when I introduce these these horrendous personalities. Because Jesus would say, LeBron, these are the five that you better worry about. These these fatal guys are going to come after your success, and guess what? They come after my success as well. Are you ready to boo? Let's go for it. And now, introducing the Fatal Fabulous Five. Number 23, Temptation. Uh, number 8, Arrowguides. Number 44, Jealousy. Number 13, Fear. And number 32, Betrayal! The coach of the Fab Five, D. Evel, trainer, Landon Vanilla Ice Pickering. Let's give it up for the Fab Five! Jesus if he went one-on-one with LeBron, would sit down and say, LeBron, you're successful. Success like very few people on planet Earth. Be aware. Be acutely aware of the temptation of success. Jesus had just been baptized. A spiritual high point in his life. A spiritual victory. He began his public ministry And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After this incredible time, after a high point in his life, notice what happened? Temptation. After the NBA finals, after the all-star game, temptation. After your teacher of the year, temptation, after you've close the major deal, temptation. After you've performed the best surgery, after you've preached the best message, whatever it is, in any realm, the temptation of success. The enemy came after Jesus, after he'd fasted 40 days and 40 nights, after he'd been baptized. The enemy goes, hey, Jesus, turn these stones into bread. Satisfy your hunger. What did Jesus do? He came back right at him with the word, with the truth. That's what Jesus did. That's how he fought off this temptation. Notice, Jesus never performed a miracle for himself. Jesus never performed a miracle for himself. It's very, very important to understand that. The first temptation, boom, truth. The second temptation, the devil took him up to the top of the temple. Jesus, throw yourself off the temple. I mean, you're going to come back to life and people will, will follow you. to be like this Copperfield Houdini on steroids miracle. It'll be amazing. Do it, do it. Jesus said no, came back again with the truth of God's word. Then he said, the devil said, okay, let me let, me let you take a panoramic view of all of the kingdoms of the world. These can be yours if you'll bow down and worship me. That temptation is laughable because, first of all, the devil does not own or rule the kingdoms of the world, which is hilarious. Of course, Jesus came back again. The truth, the word. What was the gist? What was the game plan of the enemy? All these temptations have one thing in common, and, and, and when you're tempted, and I'm tempted, hey, LeBron, when you're tempted, the enemy wants to get us off of our purpose off of our game plan. The enemy did not want Jesus to live righteously and to die sacrificially and and to to rise bodily. He wanted him to settle for something good instead of something great. He wanted him to miss success. Temptation. When you're tempted, when I'm tempted, the enemy attacks us at our greatest strength and at our greatest weakness. He attacks us through power issues. He attacks us through fame and fortune issues. He attacks us through our emotion to take a God-given gift and to use it in a God-forbidden way. Temptation. What is success? LeBron, what is success? And I'm not sure if you know exactly what success is. I'm not sure if we know exactly what success is. And I believe Jesus would say success is living in the will of God. That's success. Say it with me. Success is living in the will of God. How do you know if you're in the will of God? It's simple. The Bible says in Matthew 22, verse 37, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love God with the totality of who you are, and then do whatever you want to do. It's that simple. I love God with the totality of who I am, then I do what I want to do. Why? Because Christ is living in me and through me. There's a synchronization that is has taken place that's living in the will of God that is true success it's not making tens of millions of dollars it's not endorsing mcdonald's or coca-cola or state farm insurance it's not buying this or buying that and, and let me say this money can't buy happiness people say that that's not totally accurate It can buy a little bit of happiness. It can buy a little bit of freedom. But not soulish satisfaction. That's what we're after. That's what we're after. So to say, all oh, money can't, no, 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 no. We're after soulish satisfaction. So I believe that's what Jesus would say to LeBron. I don't know if LeBron's a follower of Christ or not. I don't know. The more, though, I studied about him, the more concerned I became. But instead of worrying about LeBron, let's think about Our lives. Let's think about our success. Let's put the spotlight on us. Temptation will happen. We tackle it with truth, with knowing the truth, and the truth will set us free. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and we can use the truth and utilize it to come through any temptation that comes our way. I think another thing that Jesus would say to LeBron, the second thing is, He would talk to LeBron and talk to you and me about the arrogance, the arrogance of success. Is it just me or is it you as well whenever something good happens or whenever we have a success story or a moment of wow, the wind is at my back, I'm doing something, I've closed the deal, I've performed the surgery, Uh, I've done a great job trying the case, I've fixed this or done that, or I've spoken this message or built this church, all of a sudden, is it just me? I did it. Wow, God is, he's kind of lucky to have me. I am going to take my talent to South Beach. I am going to take my talent to Dallas-Fort Worth. I am going to take my talent to Miami. I am going to take my talent to Columbia, South Carolina, to Fort Worth, to downtown, to planet. I am going to do what I want to do. We live in a narcissistic world. Pride is not a vice, it's a virtue. Especially in the world of entertainment, especially online, especially in social media, especially in professional sports. All these guys running around, I'm the man, yeah! You know what so many are saying? I never had a father. I have a daddy deficit And I'm trying to hear from other people what I never heard growing up. That's Lance Armstrong, and I believe it's LeBron James. You know what God's saying? Hey, LeBron, hey, you. Many of us grew up here without a father. I will be a father to the fatherless. And you know the father through the son. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said, No one comes to the Father except by me, the way is Jesus. Pride is a very interesting thing. Pride is a forerunner. It is the forerunner of all sin. The first book I wrote years ago is called Fatal Distractions, and I learned that through that study. When you lust, first of all, you got to have pride. God, I know what's best for me. I mean, this desire is not given... To me, from you, it's mine, and I'm going to do what I want to do. We lust. Greed. Greed. You know, God, uh, hey, that's fine and dandy. You've blessed me or whatever, but I deserve that. It's about me. I'm going to get that. Pride is the forerunner of all sin. It's hubris. Hubris is excessive arrogance, excessive pride. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride precedes destruction. An arrogant spirit appears before a fall. We don't fall when we're climbing the ladder of success. We fall when we're at the top and it becomes wobbly. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. If you start thinking to yourselves, I did this all by myself. I'm rich. I'm the man. I'm the chosen one. I'm King James. It's all mine. Well, think again. Remember that God, your God, gave you the strength to produce, to produce all this wealth. On making a donation to the Boys and Girls Club, LeBron said, and I quote, one day we might have another LeBron, maybe, unquote. On his family, he said, But I mean, even my family gets spoiled at times watching me doing things that I do on and off the court. On his Nike shoes being higher priced than Kobe's, because it's LeBron's shoe. It is, it's got my name on it. When asked if it bothered him to have people root against him, well, because at the end of the day, all the people that was rooting on me to fail wake up tomorrow and have the same life that they had before they woke up today. I'm going to continue to live the way I want to live and continue to do the things that I want to do with me and my family and be happy with that. They have to get back to the real world at some point. When you refer to yourself in the third person, you've got a serious pride issue. I understand LeBron's background. I understand your background. Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. We're made, though, LeBron, you're made to have Jesus rule and reign in your life. You need to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. And before we say, oh, yeah, LeBron, you need to be humble. I would never make a statement like that. I would never say that. I can't believe that. That's so just off the chain. That's so narcissistic. That's so meistic. Think about your life. Think about my life. I think about it. The decisions. Oh, I've got to do what I've got to do. I'm going with my heart. I, I know God wants me to be happy. I, 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 me, 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 my, 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 I, 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 me, me, my, my, I, 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 my, my, my. It's about humility. And humility is not like just, oh, woe is me. I'm the worst. No, it's. It's it's seeing who God is, and it's seeing who I am, and it's putting ourselves under the authority of God. LeBron, that's what success is, living in the will of God. I think the third thing Jesus would say to LeBron, or you or me, whenever we have any measure of success, he would talk about the jealousy of success. The jealousy of success. Say jealousy with me. You just said the word lousy. Lousy Lousy's in the word jealousy. Whenever you're jealous of someone, you feel lousy. We're only jealous of people that do the same thing that we do. I'm not jealous of LeBron. I'm not jealous of some doctor. I'm not jealous of someone who works in the technology industry, but put another pastor in my path. Hello that peer jealousy, don't we? So when it does the same thing that you do, we peer at them. And we become jealous. Jealousy. And if we're not careful, those of us who have success are jealous and are envious of others who have. Success. So, yeah, we're going to have haters, people that criticize us, and that goes with the program. I mean, there's, there's one way to live life criticism-free. Don't do jack. You don't do jack, you'll never have critics, but you're going to have critics. And LeBron James said, hey, critics don't bother me. He said that. And then later he said, I've taken a mental note of every single person who said something bad about me. <laughs> Sounds like me and you, doesn't it? Oh, criticism doesn't bother me, no. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It bothers me. It bothers you, too. So you can have people who are jealous. And this whole social media thing has taken, has taken jealousy and envy and slander to a whole new level of living. So jealousy's gonna happen, LeBron. You got haters out there. There's websites, IHateLeBronJames.com. I mean, and, and, and other, you know, names I won't even mention from this stage. God, though, and part of walking in the will of God, He gives us god that, that that spirit-led swagger. You don't have to worry about your haters. You don't have to worry about criticism, even though it hurts. It bounces off because you realize you're about God. I did not have a great career at Florida State University, but I did start several games my sophomore year. And one of the games I started, I've written about this, and I've told some of you about this before. I started against Auburn, Alabama. I'm sorry, I started against University of Auburn. In Auburn, Alabama, there were 16,000 people in the arena. Dad hopped a plane from Houston, flew in to watch me play this game. And Dad and I spent a lot of time playing basketball one-on-one. He taught me a lot. He's a really good basketball player, great coach. When I played that game, you know what? I was not worried about 15,999. I was worried about what? My father One. At the end of the day, LeBron, you're performing. If you open your heart to me, you're performing for an audience of one. Not your millions of followers on Twitter, not your endorsements, not to silence your critics, not for your homeboys, no, 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 no. For me. And you know what? When I worry about that, it's amazing what happens in my life. But when I get my eyes and take my eyes off him, and on to, I wonder what they think. I wonder what they feel. I can change them. You know, they're critical of me. I can sit down and convince them, and we can have coffee and we can talk. No, 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 no. They're not gonna change. They're jealous. They're critics. Certain people like you, certain people don't. Don't waste your time trying to get the not like you to like you. They're not. Don't debate it. Don't worry about it. Just, you're playing for an audience of one. Your father is in the house. Your father is in the arena, and that's confidence. It's not being cocky, that's god Another thing that Jesus would say is LeBron, there's gonna be a fear factor involved. You're fearful right now. Whenever whenever we're successful, whenever God blesses, when we use our God-given gifts the way he wants to, there's gonna be a fear factor. Oh man, how do I keep this position? Or, or, or stay on a roll. Or, ah, what if I mess up? And, and then we become very, very insecure. You, you become insecure, I become insecure when we worry about what others think of us as opposed to what God thinks. Security is found in, okay, God, I, I want to see my life as you see me. We need to surround ourselves also with people Who see their lives the way God sees them, nothing more or nothing less. I believe that causes a lot of us to tweet, to post stuff on Instagram, to say stuff, just so we'll still be in the game. I mean, I gotta be noticed, me, it's about me, I got I'm still there, I'm still the man, I'm still the girl, yes, me, it's me, it's me, me. The insecurity. The insecurity, I believe, that so many icons struggle with, so many of these celebrities struggle with, I think would just knock us back on our heels. The fifth thing, betrayal. Jesus would say, LeBron, the betrayal of success is in effect. Judas was at my table, LeBron. People, one minute they were applauding the Messiah, Jesus. The next minute, I'm crucified on a cross. LeBron, God used betrayal, my father did, to afford the salvation of the world. There's a brutal side to betrayal and a beautiful side. Every single person, again, that I've talked to from all sages and ages of life, who's had any measure of success, always will launch into, well, let me tell you how I was betrayed. It's unbelievable. And if you've not been betrayed, just wait. You'll get betrayed. Betrayal happens. And, and one of the unusual things about betrayal is you can't get betrayed and someone, unless someone is close to you. You can't get betrayed unless you trust someone. When we give out grace, certain people will put it in our face. And it hurts. We can come through betrayal because of trust. God, I trust you. You've been betrayed by humanity. You've been betrayed on a level I'll never, ever, ever approach. You're my sympathetic savior. And God, I trust you. And the Lord will give you his word. He'll give you people's stories to help you and help me through betrayal. LeBron, betrayal will happen. Doesn't mean you stop trusting people. It means you take a step back and you go through it. I think Jesus would close down his talk, I mean, he would obviously share a lot of things with LeBron and you and me one on one, but I think he would close this down by saying, Everyone, Luke 12, 48, everyone, LeBron, who's been given much, and LeBron, you've been given a boatload of gifts. Everyone who's been given much, much will be required. We've been given so much, haven't we? And God requires much. No matter what our background is, we have to take responsibility for our lives to tell the truth about our condition and to understand and to process what true success is. It's living in the will of God. Because these five Fatal characters will come after you and come after me. They want to take us down. But instead of temptation, we got truth. Instead of arrogance, this is a winning team. Right? We got humility. Instead of jealousy, we got confidence. Instead of fear, security. Instead of betrayal, we got trust. That's the Fab Five. That's the Fab Five. We need to pray for LeBron James. I'm not sure if he's a believer or not, but we need to pray that he makes the call to give the totality of his life to the Lord, that he lives in the will of God. That's my prayer for your life. That's my prayer for my life. As we discover what it means to have true, godly, supernatural success. Isn't that true? I need to hear that. You need to hear that. Let's bow. Father, every head is bowed and every eye closed. Here at this environment and at all of our environments, one church, multiple, multiple locations. There are people all over the country watching online and some in places around the world. Some of us are right here, just a few feet away from me and from others, others through technology or 10 miles, 20 miles, whatever away, you brought us together, God, for this reason, this beautiful collision. And it's time for LeBron, It's time for all of us, when we have just the micro LeBron moments, to step back and go, God, I wanna do life your way. I want to, by your grace and power, reassess success and to do it your way. And to do it your way is by simply relinquishing control of your life to the king. Hey, LeBron, you're not the king. Jesus is. You're not the chosen one. Jesus is. I'm not the king. You're not the king. I'm not the chosen one. Friend, you're not the chosen one. It's Jesus. So let's make him the king of our lives. Have you done that? Have you made Jesus the king of your life? Just simply say, Jesus, be the king of my life. Rule my life. I confess my sin, I turn from my sin and turn to you, Christ. I make this decision to give the totality of my life to you. I wanna love you from this day forward with my heart, soul, mind and body. Love has to have an object. I understand I'm the object of your love and right now I'll respond to that and i receive that. Just say that, just pray that. If you're online, say that, pray that. And a beautiful transaction, a beautiful collision will take place. God, we thank you for these decisions that were rendered today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com.